All right, welcome everyone to episode 31 of APS Radio on Fire Engineering. I'm Jim Bernica, and today I'm with Jake Ware. Good afternoon to you. Howdy, how you doing, Jim? Good to see you. Uh, I'm good. You're you're out there in Arizona where there's In and Out Burgers. Oh yeah, I drove. I I struggled actually. I went and got my haircut today. I passed an In and Out Burger, and it's like every time I pass it, I want to go there. Especially since I found out you can do Neapolitan milkshakes. That's like all three flavors. I know that was the thing that that must be on our secret menu. This is breaking news to the APS <laughs> audience. A California dude taught me that James Bell. So <laughs> very nice. I, next next opportunity I get, I'll have to try that. Yeah. But I actually brought you on today to talk about something that you've been talking about to me for a couple of years. And I finally, you talked me into it. It took a while, but let's talk about the cold water plunges, the ice baths. All so right. where did this first even come on your radar? Because you were, to me, you were ahead of the curve on this. Yeah, so I think I first heard about it. It was, I think, through Wim Hof back in the day, uh, like in, in his earlier days, as he was getting started out, getting started out, starting to hit a lot of like, you know, modern mainstream media and doing all those big feats that he was doing. And then right as uh, I forget the the big dude Scott Car- Scott Carney I think he he went out and followed Wim Hof and wrote a book and everything about it all and was writing blogs. But it was a few years ago where I I started getting into it, and you know there were other people who were like Wim Hof trained out here in Arizona that had been putting on like workshops with the breath work and stuff like that, and I'd attended a couple, and then it was like I need to try the other side of the house. I need to get in that cold water. And uh, how did you go about doing it the first place? Because, I mean, now you have all these commercially available pods and everything else that, I mean, keep showing up on my Facebook feed and everything as sponsors. But before all that, I mean, what you end up getting? Dude, the, the very first time that Cassie and I tried it, it was uh, right as one of those companies were just starting out and they're out here in the Valley, Morosco Forge. And Cassie's professor is one of the partners in that company. And Cassie was just talking to him about wanting to do some projects to help veterans and stuff like that. He's like, oh, well, and how we do ice bath. Uh, we were getting into ice baths and stuff like that. He's like, you should meet my business partner, who's also a veteran. Uh, and the company's Morosco Forge. And we met up with him at a coffee shop near our uh, condo in Scottsdale. And then I think it was just three or four days later, we scheduled to go out to his house and try out their ice bath that they built. Theirs is a bit different than most of the commercial ones where my way of describing it, probably not how they would describe it. It's like a deconstructed deep freezer to where it has that coil running underneath. So it's not the water flow that's like cooling. It's the coil that's cooling the whole tub. And it actually will produce ice inside the tub, uh, like a sheet of ice. And yeah, we went there and tried it out. Uh, the dude and his wife were coaching us through it. And it was quite a funny experience. They, uh, they take it super seriously, you know, and they do it with the singing bowls and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I'm a little, I got a little bit of flavor on the hippie side, but not that much. And his, his wife said to mine, uh, I have a tattoo to commemorate this. <laughs> but uh, his wife said to mine, like, I tell all of my clients, you get in like a king and you get out like a king. It doesn't matter that you're a woman. You can still be a king. 
And she's like, and I also always remind everyone that this is what cold feels like, which is what the tattoo on my leg says. It's an ice cube with that thought bubble saying that. Because when my wife climbed into that cold tub, she's she's got the funniest like responses to pain. Like we'll be getting couples massages, man. And as soon as they find a knot on her, I know it because she starts busting up laughing hysterically. So her getting into this cold tub the first time, she climbs in. I think it threw everyone off. She's just laughing hysterically because <laughs> it like, you know, it stings your first time doing it. And yeah. it's just surprising. It's not something you're used to. Um, and so the lady like leaned into her ear to try to get her calmed down and settled and just like lips almost touching. Just this is what cold feels like. And it's, <laughs> I think that had her laughing even harder. Uh, I found it quite humorous, but I've also found that's like the greatest piece of advice ever. I tell everybody that too, because of it, because when I get in there, like what happens to us when we're in there is our body just goes into fight or flight. It's, it's, you know, sending back all of the blood from the extremities to the vital organs, the blood's getting recirculated and filtered. And it's just like to protect us, like, oh shit, let's get all the warmth in here. And it throws your nervous system into this like sense of fight or flight. And if you can just tell yourself that this is what cold feels like, that this is just a sensation in my body, then we can start to train ourselves to find calm, even in chaotic environments. And we start to learn to, I don't like to say control stress because trying to control shit that we can't control is a lot of our problem in the world. A lot of people uh, like me, uh, but you start to learn to be able to toggle down the stress response that we're having and recognize it and just breathe through it. And if I can do it in a cold tub, I can do it in traffic. I can do it in other areas of life. So that's why it's my favorite practice. Nice. Nice. What are some of these other benefits as far as physically <laughs> and mentally from, from doing these plunges? My favorite benefit is the mental one. You know, because no, no matter how much I've done it and how long I've been doing it, there's some point leading up to it every single day that I don't want to do it. And it could be all day. It's just like, nah, I'm not going to do it. And then it's like, no, I have to. I've got to do this because I've got to do something that I don't want to do. I've got to push myself outside of my comfort zone. But what I think one of the biggest benefits with that is once we get into it, it's, you know, going into that level of shock. And then finding calm through it. A lot, a lot of times throughout our day, you know, we're holding up my phone here for people listening, uh, getting constant hits of dopamine, you know, and just constant hits of dopamine to where our, we become quite depleted of it over time. But the cold tub actually gets us a slower, steady increase of dopamine once we get out. Uh, so it, it's, it's restoring some natural balance with that. Uh, and I don't know all the science. I'm sure that it, it affects a lot of other hormones. I know it affects cold shock proteins as long as it's, I believe, below 60 degrees. And that's what helps stimulate the production of brown fat. And brown fat is the good stuff. You see it more in like newborn babies and stuff like that. And it helps to burn the white fat, the more visceral fat. <clears throat> uh, so it, it boosts metabolism. Uh, but uh, the mental health side is my absolute favorite being able to find calm inside of that and just check myself because once I climb into there, no other thoughts are really in my head. I'm not thinking about something that went on at work that day. I'm not thinking about an argument I had yesterday with the wife. 
all that just leaves me and it's just it like snaps me immediately into the present moment and then it's just like let's just deal with what is right now and that's what it like throws one into and i've i've even seen fascinating things with people in cold tubs if you don't mind me going off on a tangent for a minute dude go for it so there was this family out here in arizona uh, a few years ago who reached out to my friend Cass, who runs a nonprofit called Operation Shockwave. And their son had just uh, completed suicide and he was a medic in the army and they were all struggling behind it. And Cass was like, hey, can we do something for them? And I was like, cool. Cause at that point, me and not cool that he killed himself, but cool, like I've got an idea for this. It might be helpful. I've seen it work well. And we'd started putting on these workshops you know, free donation-based uh, for either Save a Warrior or local foster kid nonprofits where we were having people hop in the cold plunge, just a little tank that we had from Tractor Supply filled with ice. I'll tell you a cool hack later on how we got the ice uh, for free. <laughs> it's my favorite. Um, but we'd have people get in the cold tub and then afterwards we would meditate and then we'd just like have some food and fellowship. You know, so it's that's what we did over at uh, these people's house. And as soon as the first friend of his, uh, the man who completed suicide, got into the cold tub, she immediately hit grief. Like, I'd never seen something like that. As soon as she climbed in, like everybody was, you know, how we usually all do at funerals where it's all about like, I've got the nice suit on. Let's just push all these feelings way down and just keep it together for this. That's how we all do. We, we, a lot of us don't learn how to actually grieve, you know, as well as I do with that one, but she got into this and it's, I, I think what happened was it immediately threw her into her body to where she was going to feel everything that was there for her to feel. And she just started grieving right there in the tub. And it, it was like sad, but also just like this beautiful thing to witness you know, and then afterwards, other people, we all went through uh, doing the cold tub and then we all meditated together and we were able to have just amazing conversations about, you know, everybody was able to share what he'd meant to them and just go go to more depth with that and like had this new level of openness. I think especially after, as soon as people started seeing her grieve, everyone else, you know, started getting allergies where sniffles are coming on and started that, to become more yeah, open that empathy yeah and then we see that in the container at, at save a warrior you know when you have a a small group of guys or gals um but that's yeah that's not something you typically would see so that that had to be a special moment yeah that that just had me step back and like it's like oh there's something more to this and I'd heard Wim Hof talk about it. It was the only thing for him that could turn the sadness off after his wife had completed suicide also. And he just didn't know how to get out of the depression he was in. And the cold water is the only place that he found any solace. And, you know, then I had a firsthand experience witnessing that. And it was just, wow, this, this, is, this is something that can, especially combined with other practices, transform yeah. someone's life. You know, I'm not trying to compare at all, but I could tell you just this morning, I was I was in a funk. It was boys' first day of school. I've had them all summer. We've had just adventures every day. It's been a blast. And 
now all of a sudden they're gone and it's just me and i can already tell instantly i was bored and i started getting depressed i mean just just even day one i could just i could feel and uh so i'm in this funk today and i finally i i it's just like you said i didn't want to do it i didn't want to do it but i went through and did it and the rest of my day i actually was productive and it was good and it was it was doing that i think that kind of just snapped me out of that funk and it was like no this is <laughs> like you can do you could be productive today you can still do things like you just got to get out of this funk so just even today that helped oh yeah awesome that, that's really cool to hear because it, it does that you know if i'm in a funk I hop into something like that. And Tony Robbins talks about stuff like that, you know, having a, a state change. And if you're in this funk or this certain way of being, you need to have some sort of a practice to change your state. I used to use his stuff and teach it to my nephew where I taught him the happy dance. If he was ever sad about something like got into it with his sister, whatever, and just jumping up and down and just yelling, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy until he actually felt happy and having him identify where he felt that in the body. But the cold tub does that too. I was like, oh, screw this. You hop into the cold tub and it's like, no, screw that. Everything else is fine. You're right though. You you don't think about anything else. You just, you're in that moment and you're just trying to just get out, you know, being there as long as you can really. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what is it? Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I, I, I've done somewhere I went really long. I've probably done like 15 minutes or so before. I usually just, I'll do three minutes once or twice a day now because you, you're you're hitting some peak benefits right around three minutes. I think actually maybe around two. Uh, Andrew Huberman, if anybody listens to his podcast, I believe he says like 11 minutes a week uh, and you're you're hitting some peak benefits. And however you break that up, but 11 minutes a week and you're you're getting some pretty good benefits from it. Nice. So what actually do you need in order to accomplish this? Like, What are some of the kind of your recommendations? Because I know I reached out to you. Yeah. So it depends. Like if, if you have a bathtub that's decently deep where you can kind of get down to shoulder neck level in there, like you can pull it off in the bathtub in your house, just adding some ice, a bunch of ice, uh, you know, probably like hundred pounds of ice or so to it, uh, which that cost can add up. And, you know, some bathtubs inside of households aren't quite big enough for stuff like that, uh, especially with the little, you know, thing up top that makes it drain so it doesn't overflow. Uh, but if, if you're going to go beyond that, it, it's really easy, a way to get started. Just go get either a Rubbermaid tub or a big galvanized steel tub from Tractor Supply. And that's what I started with was one of those big metal like horse trough things, a hundred gallon one. And the way that I skirted paying for ice is in it. First place I went to said yes to it, but I decided, what if I just did these, you know, like I started off just doing them weekly and I was like, what if I did these weekly, but I did it as a fundraiser, like I talked about earlier. And so that's what I started doing, just hosting these events at my, at our condo up in scottsdale back then where we lived and it was like okay well who has ice restaurants do so let me go to some local restaurant and see if we can get some free ice and just tell them what we're doing so that restaurant happened to be and i've never even eaten at this one to date i probably should go give them some money uh for having given us so much ice 
but we went up to Hooters and <laughs> I was just like, I talked to the bartender and then the bartender went and grabbed the manager uh, as I walked in and I just told him what we were doing and asked about the ice. And he's like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We got a huge ice machine in the back. Uh, how much you think you need? And I was like, probably just fill like two or three coolers with it, you know? And he's like, yeah, sure. Anytime. Just let me know. Uh, and I just roll in and go right back into the back of the kitchen when I'd go. And sometimes like the waitresses there, like didn't, or the servers didn't, didn't know, uh, who I was, but it was the weirdest thing. They would never talk to me when I'm back there, like filling up coolers, kitchen staff, all like had come to know that I'd be in there, but like, you know, one of these girls will walk up and just, who's this guy in our kitchen stealing our ice? And it's like literally only me and her in the kitchen. <laughs> I don't know who she's talking to instead of just addressing me. Uh, that happened multiple times, but yeah, they gave us ice. And then we also would tell everybody that came to the, you know, ice bath thing that if they went with a photo of them in the ice bath, the Hooters, they'd get 10% off uh, food, not alcohol. And I don't know if people took them up on that or not. Hopefully they got to see a lot of funny pictures of people in ice baths. Uh, maybe not. Uh, some some parts of me always hoped that we could put on a really big event, maybe in their parking lot and have all the Hooters girls out there uh, doing the ice baths. And that might help attract a lot of people so we could raise more funds. Uh, might still have to be something in the works. It's a novel it's, idea. It's about the children. Jimmy, about the children <laughs> clearly clearly yes uh i haven't gone to that length i just started freezing tupperware and stuff like that and make my own little big huge ice cubes and that has seemed to do a decent job nice yeah i've seen people do that like build out a bunch of like big blocks or even do it just in like two liter bottles if you have like a deep freezer or something to store it all uh and just toss those in and not have to waste the water each time Yep. And then, like you said, there's all the commercial models for people want to upgrade more. There's, there's also a few different Facebook groups. One that's really good. It's, it's called something like DIY chest freezers uh, and cold plunges, something like that. I forget the exact name, but that one, there's tons of people in there. Some that are trying to sell their stuff, but uh, the guy who built the group, he's got this ebook. You can either give him money or not give him money for it. And it tells you exactly how to convert a, a chest freezer into a cold plunge. And you'll also see just tons of designs inside that group on how to build your own, where to source materials from, all that. If if somebody wants to not go the refilling with ice and they want a filtered automatic cold plunge, that, that'd be the top group I would point people to if they're not looking to spend like five grand plus. Yeah, I mean, I would say I probably have a couple hundred bucks put into the setup I have now, but you mentioned like you're, you're going to pay about a thousand dollars or more to actually do the, the automatic recircling and, and yeah. keeping it cold. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Cause even like a quarter horsepower cooling unit that you're going to get, I think like 500 bucks by itself. Uh, plus then you have to get the filtration system and maybe even ozone if you want it to like, just stay really clean. Yeah. Okay. And what, uh, what temperature are you even aiming for when you're really doing this? You, you mentioned below 55. Yeah. It depends if I'm, if I'm being a little, uh, not tough person, 
I'll just keep it right around like 55. Uh, it just like, especially like over the summers and stuff, I won't want to get as cold. Uh, so like 55, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll stay in between like 45 to 55. Some people like to go like way colder, but I know you're getting benefits in those ranges. So no need to push to extremes. I think I do enough of that in other areas. Yes. And you said, uh, you said earlier about a hundred pounds of ice. Yeah. Bathtub. Yeah, I do about a hundred pounds. It's, it's just whatever gets it to be nice and cold. Uh, I would grab more ice if it was a bunch of people rotating through because over time it melts and, you know, some of it falls over and spills over the sides, stuff like that. So I'd usually, if I was doing something where there were 10 to 15 people going, I would always, you know, probably buy 200 pounds of ice just to have leftovers to keep refilling it. Um, but yeah, around a hundred pounds is probably enough. I would just go off temperature, you know, cause if you can get by with 50 pounds stirred around and the water's sitting at like 55 degrees, you're good to go. Yeah. Now you, you mentioned before to me, um, I think when I was hesitant about actually buying a container to do this with, you said, if nothing else, do, do a cold shower. Yeah. Why don't you talk to me about the benefits of just a cold shower? So I, I don't know that those have the same physiological benefits, you know, because I, I don't know that those actually drop your core temperature quite as much and have as much of a thermogenic effect on the body. Uh, same with even like cryotherapy chambers. Those don't have the same thermogenic effect as actually immersing in cold water. Mm. Um, so you can save on that. If you've been going to do cryo, just get some ice. Uh, and take an ice bath, but, uh, the cold showers, I, I still get the mental benefit from because, well, not so much in Arizona, the cold showers, they, they don't get cold. They, they might, they might get to like 85 degrees <laughs> here. Yeah. Uh, at least over the summer, but, well, uh, okay. Let's pretend you're at warrior village and taking a shower. Yeah. Cold shower. Oh God. There's, there's the shower in the back. I, I don't care who's staying in that room when I'm there. I still, it's, I still they'll go use that shower it's you know, like six shower five shower heads so i have like i'm surrounded by cold water it's coming from right above it's coming from both sides and then along the side and it's ice cold there it is like my head hurts holding it under the water too long it actually hurts uh so that one i might be a little crazy i love doing those just because it's like um you know you know tough nuts funny story with that but <laughs> but uh that's just like the whole masculine raw i can do tough shit type thing uh yeah but you still do get that effect because like one of my favorite things in the world is a nice hot shower like who doesn't love that and i like just standing under the hot water but for me i turn it to cold at the end every yeah. time and i i aim to do about three minutes or so in the cold with those and i i do that with every shower and have for years and i, I don't count them here anymore but in Ohio, doing those, it sucks. It takes your breath away. Uh, and being able to do something that I know is going to have that impact on me and still do it anyways, and then look at what's going on in my mind during it and leading up to it, because that's that's the greatest benefit is if I can step back a bit and observe what's going on. And it's looking at how I try to talk myself out of doing it. Oh, let's just stay hot. I'll get a cold shower next time. I've been doing enough of these. I was out in the cold. I already did an ice bath today. 
all the ways I'll try to talk myself out of it. And then once I'm in it and I turn it cold, am I, am I wanting to like shortcut it and just like not turn it quite all the way cold and sell myself out? Cause that'll start to play. And then it's like, Nope, let's turn it all the way down. And then as I'm going, it's always like, ah, that's enough time. I, I know it's not three minutes, but that's enough time. I'll just get out now. Usually when I do stuff like that, especially if I have an actual timer going, I'll add a minute or two and be like, no, no, no. Like these, these thoughts that I'm having don't get to control what's going on for me and the actions that I take, you know, if I'm being conscious of it. So it it does so much for me mentally to, to look at how my thoughts and feelings will try to sell me out from the goals that I actually have and the goals that I set again and again. And if I can see it in the cold shower or see it in the cold tub, I can start to have more awareness of the way that my thoughts and feelings will drift what I'm committed to doing in the other areas of my life too. Nicely said. Good stuff. So is there anything else about uh, ice cold plunges, the bass that, that you think we should hit on before I, I switch subjects on you? Mm. No, I would just suggest to anyone. Uh, there's a lot of people who've done a lot of studies on all this. Uh, there's a book somewhere back here, uh, Winter Swimming. I would absolutely check that out. Uh, Wim Hof lays out a lot of the science behind it all in some of his books. And if you just simply Google the benefits of, you know, cold plunges, cold exposure, however you want to word it, it'll it'll populate in Google. Yeah. And you'll be able to see a lot of a lot of data, data points behind I even, what before, actual benefits there are. Before I started, I uh I watched on Disney Plus the Chris Helmsworth's. Uh, what's it called? Now he's got like a six-part series, um, and I forget what it's called. I'll I'll have to list it in here. But it one of it goes over the ice cold bass, and I mean he's swimming in open open water, and it's you know ice everywhere and everything else. But that was that was a pretty good episode. Limitless, I think, is what it's called. I'll have to check that out. I haven't seen it. Uh, it's a, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, Thor. Okay, I was like, he's he's like one of those superhero guys, isn't he? Thor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man no, it's that's a whole. It's like six episodes, and every episode is him basically being mindful and uh, mindfulness and, and conquering certain fears. Like one was the first episode was about height. He ends up walking across a crane on top of a the tallest building in Sydney. The other one was uh they did the ice the ice plunge uh stuff uh sw open swimming uh there was i mean it's it really is it's good stuff and it's all about him just trying to be healthier and to live longer that's awesome and the i mean this is, this is a guy this is a guy obviously he has all the muscles i mean he plays thor but it's just he realizes there's a lot more than just lifting weights yeah that's amazing. And him just conquering his fears and finding all these different ways to enhance himself. It's, it's a cool series. Check it, check it out. Not just you, Jake, but all the listeners. Like it's a lot of what we talk about on the show. Um, but it's, it's done state of the art. I mean, it's Dis Disney's behind it. So the mouse does a good job. <laughs> so, yeah. um, anyways, uh, Let's talk about how I met you to begin with. And that was through 
save a warrior. So you are what they call a red Xer for save a warrior. Um, why don't you kind of give the uh, uh, long elevator speech about what save a warrior actually is? Yeah. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah. I also do an easy way to describe them would be enrollment calls for save a warrior. I did. I did your call, didn't I? It you was did. me and you talked. Cause I, I actually remember parts of that conversation. That was, it was yes. a revelation for me. Uh, but yeah, Red X or what that, what that means for folks listening that might not be familiar with our culty lingo. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking, <laughs> but, uh, it, it just means that I lead, uh, and facilitate the retreats that we run. And it's not retreats like sitting around a campfire singing Kumbaya and all that. Uh, if that's what you're looking for, we ain't got it. But what Save a Warrior is, is it's a suicide prevention program. And I went through it myself uh, about seven and a half years ago now when none of my life worked. You know, it's a program for veterans and first responders, uh, particularly first responders in the state of Ohio currently. Uh, But yeah, I went there seven and a half years ago because I was struggling. I was suicidal. I had tried a lot of the traditional routes. Some things, you know, helped a bit. They would take a bit of the edge off. You know, some of the meds I was on seemed to help for a while, but I also recognized they were just a Band-Aid and there was still something underneath all of that that I really needed to get at and, you know, not be burdened by anymore. And it, it was all involving my thinking, which is the biggest thing that'll shift uh, for someone who attends Save a Warrior if they're really, really open. Because that's that's where I was profoundly stuck. You know, I, I had high levels of self-hatred and, you know, I'll call it childhood trauma. Not everybody listening to this. Most people, we normalize most of the things in our childhood and we don't consider it trauma. But a big thing we address is really the the shift in identity and the perspective through which we view the world, which is largely shaped in our childhood. And when things happen and we have these experiences that are counter to what we're expecting, either from our parents, our caregivers, other kids at school, but we, we have these experiences that we emotionalize in a negative way, like we really remember those. If you've seen the, what's the movie with the core memories inside out, we build out these core memories like in inside out. And a lot of them, you know, we're not going to remember something unless if that experience elicited an emotion in us. And a lot of the ones we remember the most are the ones that elicited negative emotions. So we start to build our identity around all of this happening And none of us want to go around sharing with everybody that, you know, ever since I've been five years old, I felt like I was completely worthless. We don't, we don't do that. So as a kid, I, you know, chose to maybe not chose to, I I think I was more thrown to it. I I found (laughs) ways of trying to convince everybody around me that I was okay. You know, and that was by being a huge people pleaser and trying really hard at everything and having, friend groups with all the different kids at school, you know, so I always had a place to go if I ever had a falling out. And I learned in childhood to stuff my emotions, you know, and I, that got reinforced in the military just as it does in 
careers like the fire service and police, we learn to really push our emotions down so we can handle the task at hand and the next one and the next one. And a lot of times we don't revisit that stuff and actually process it fully. So it's this strategy we've developed as a child and then all these moral injuries that have just continued occurring throughout our life that we're trying to apply that strategy to, you know, I'll just push it down. You know, eventually we can't push much more down and it starts to, it's like a pot of boiling water, you know, where it just boils over at all the wrong times. Like, I'm sure you've had that happen too, right, Jimmy? <laughs> like, shit, I wish, I wish I could have caught the words <laughs> before yes. they came out. Yes. The and, instant regret. Yeah. And it happens again and again. And it happens in our workplaces. It happens with our families. It happens with our friends. And we're just like left wondering, like, why am I the biggest piece of shit in the world? And why does everything I touch just turn to shit? Like it, like it, it started to seem the more that I just saw that occurring in my life, the more it was everybody would be better off without me. Like I am screwing everything up, failing out of school, wasting away my GI bill, you know, burning down relationships with friends and just forget about it with any healthy, actual, like loving relationship with a woman that just wasn't happening for me, probably because my type was girls with daddy issues. And I didn't realize until I went to saw that that was probably my type because we were trauma bonded because I had some daddy issues too, because my dad was an alcoholic and he drank himself to death by the age of 53. And even with all of his limitations, he was my favorite person in the world. And I, I never grieved that one either. He died when I was a month into basic training. And that was really the start of me pushing down some big ticket items when I was in the military and losses in Afghanistan, friends that killed themselves after. I, I couldn't tell you how many dudes I know from the military that have OD'd and died from that to date or just committed suicide or things that could have been suicide. And it's just all these maladapted strat survival strategies that we have that we've been trying to live by you know and we keep adding to them as we go on like drinking i'll just drink away my sorrows and it doesn't work i'll just take this new pill and yeah it might it might numb some of the emotionality it might level some things out but it, it's it's just a mask at best yeah and again the thing behind a thing yeah yeah, what we get into at Save a Warrior, what we get at is the thing under the thing. Most most of us, you know, we're, we're trying to find a solution to this. And the best way I'll say it is when I start to point someone to the solution, we're, we're so just inundated with bullshit these days that I'm pointing at the moon and everybody's just looking at my finger. You know, and they, they just don't have the capacity to see past what's been so ingrained into us that's the actual problem so so much of us think it's that last call that we went on you know it's that friend that we lost it's what happened during the deployments and none of us are able to see past that and really get to where we have access to this new way of being and to really do the work to get there you know because it's it's a daily practice you know jimmy it's like it's not all just downhill and just like well not downhill but it's not all just sunshine and rainbows when after you go through save a warrior or even leading up to it it takes daily work and you know that work is best done in a community where we have other men and other women to whom we can hold ourselves accountable and i would highly suggest bifurcating that uh, just so that we don't try to build special relationships when we're on a spiritual path with other people 
but yeah save a warrior we we really get down to what's underneath what we think is going on and we really get down to that grief and we really get down to looking at our operating system and how the mind works so that instead of just sticking with the same programming that we've been using that's just so played out and has led us in our lives to have a life that occurs like one existential crisis after another where shit keeps hitting the fan you know to really being able to step back and choose a different path because we're, we're so conditioned to react in the same way because it's how we've been reacting to situations and experiences our whole life. So we're so conditioned to do that, that it's almost as if we don't have choice when these experiences happen. It's just like, no, I'm just going to fly off the handle or whatever it is. I'm just going to retreat back into my shell and I'm going to isolate and hate myself and eat a bunch of ice cream and sugary stuff and then hate myself even more for that. And that that's one of my main ones, you know, me too. Yeah. And the Neapolitan at in and out Yeah. The Neapolitan at in and out that I want every single day. That's another practice for me is not buying ice cream. <laughs> you know, like that's a win. That's doing something I don't want to do. <laughs> not buying ice cream. Uh, not doing something that I want to do would be an easier way to put that. Uh, but we we have these ways, you know, that, that was mine. If, if I'm feeling emotional, I'm not going to argue with people or any of that. I'm just going to withdraw and then I'm going to find some way to numb this and try to fill this void. And it never worked. And it never worked. Instead, it's really just leaning into what's going on for me. It's having a practice of meditation. It's having a practice of doing cold exposure. It's having men who I call and tell on myself whenever I drift with things or when I'm really struggling and can't get past something on my own. And being able to observe, you know, just step back and look at what's going on for me internally. And either I'm going to act out of that or I'm going to choose a different path, recognize like, okay, I'm having these thoughts. I'm having these feelings and I'm safe right now. I don't have to act on all this. You know, I don't have to get pissed off at the guy who just cut me off in traffic so that I can just back off to a safe distance and go on about my day and continue enjoying the music or the audiobook I'm listening to, you know, and it, it shifts everything, but it, it's, it, it's hard to describe everything that goes on at Save a Warrior because there's so much depth to it. You know, there's rituals and there's ceremonies that we go into to really get at some of the grief and ways to just really shift our perspectives and look at things through new eyes so that we're not just projecting all the negatively emotionalized experiences and programming from our past into our future and our relationships again and again. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to it. And I'd say any, any veteran or first responder out there, if you, if you're suffering and you need help reach out, e even if you're not necessarily a candidate, since we are only taking first responders from the state of Ohio, still reach out because I promise you, myself and other members of the rostering team, the enrollment team, that'll take your calls after your application, we're not going to leave you at the bus stop. And we're going to point you to other practices, other books, other workbooks, other programs that are for fun and for free for the most part that can help get you to your power and help get you on that right path. Where do they go to find out more information? 
So about Save a Warrior, you would go to savewarrior.org in the application. There's not just a simple apply button, but I'd read through the whole website so you'll find where to apply if you actually do that. Uh, but under the Our Program tab, there's an application page there where you can click on that to apply. And at the end of the application, you schedule a call with either myself or another member of my team. Uh, it randomly selects who has availability, just shows you all the availability. You pick a time that works for you and we call you at that time and have a, a deeper conversation than one is probably used to. But it's, I, I still remember the call I had that was seven and a half years ago. So it's, it's impactful. And I remember, yeah, being in the same room calling you a little over two years ago, two and a half years ago, probably. Yeah. yeah. What, what landed on me during that call was, wow, somebody else actually gets it and gives a shit. And it was Brian yes. Haggerty I talked to, but it just moved me. Like just hearing him share of himself and then just how related to him I felt. I was like, I'm not alone in this, you know? That's exactly how I felt with you, by the way. Like I aired all my stuff. I didn't hold back. And you said me too. And you've done that too. And for the first time, I was like, wow, I'm not alone. Powerful stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, goosebumps. Goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you make that call. That call is that use about an hour and a half. But that call is basically making sure that you qualify and that you're you're ready. And then from there, you just get them on the calendar and eventually they'll get there and spend 72 hours, the, 70, the, the, the longest yet shortest 72 hours one will ever spend. Yeah. And probably the saddest and happiest too. Like it's, it's quite a somber experience at times, but like, I remember at, at every cohort, you know, I'm probably laughing way more than I typically do in a normal day uh, at times, just laughing my ass off to where I've got tears in my eyes, but then also having the sad tears in my eyes too, and getting that grief out. Uh, our old chef always used to say, no tears, no tacos. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well. I wouldn't have to worry about tacos because I cry enough. <laughs> but, dude, thank you so much for joining me, talking about these uh, ice cold plunges and also going in to save a warrior a little bit. I mean, just awesome stuff. Yeah, anytime. It's, all, it's always a blessing to talk to you and get to actually see you on camera and everything, Jimmy. You're one of my yes. favorite people. Oh, stop. You're going to make me blush. And you actually do. You said you would. So you're hearing it here. You got to come out to Arizona. It's starting to cool off. I'd probably still wait till at least next month, but. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I got, I got nothing else really going on. So I'm definitely overdue. Got definitely a nice overdue path waiting for, for you. Oh yeah. Friends of Tucson, Phoenix, go to Sedona. All oh, that yeah. stuff. I, uh, I love that out there. Yeah, me too. Now, now that I, I paid my house off last week. So now it's time to start saving for the, you know, the snowbird house. Oh, there we go. Congratulations on getting that paid off too. That's huge. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, either Arizona or probably Tennessee, one of those two, nice. but it's not going to be anytime soon. I still got a second grader that really just started like second grade area. today. 
Probably Nashville. Okay, I was gonna say it's uh, it's a bit touristy near Gatlinburg. No, I no. Yeah, no Nashville. Though the Smokies are nice. I haven't been to Nashville. Go there, see. Nashville's cool. Definitely cool. Especially if you like music. And I'm not not even just country music, but just music in general. Nice. Yeah, I don't listen to much country. Do they have great rap in Nashville? Probably. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. I can't answer that. I'll defer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've seen like the Chili Peppers there. I've seen a bunch of concerts there. I mean, it's just a good for us uh, where we live. It's it's I mean five hours and uh, you can enjoy some good entertainment and some good food too. That's for sure. Nice. Yes. So, but uh, with that, I'm gonna let you get out of here. I I can hear the wife just got home upstairs, so I have to make sure I report to her exactly everything I've done today. That's that's my role is to make her job easier now at home. So, but uh, I'm Jim, and he's Jake, and uh, we'll catch you next month. And I'll uh, I'll put all the information uh, for Save a Warrior on the uh, fire fire engineering uh, webpage. So, thank you again, my friend. Yeah, thank you, Jim. Love you, brother. Love you. Love you more, I should say. Oh, it's not a competition. I win.